Tracy and Emily are smart lovable sisters who really love Lucifer for the plot. Yeah, the plot, which they overthink. I am here with my sister, Tracy Guy Decker. Yes, hyphen. And I'm here with my sister, Emily Guy Birkin, but she does not use a hyphen. And together we are doing Lightbringers, where we illuminate the deeper meaning of the crime-solving devil TV show. And yes, we're overthinking it. Totally overthinking it. Totally overthinking it. <laughs> so today um, I'm really excited to talk about episodes 205 and 206, Weaponizer and Monster. Mm-hmm. These are Two some excellent episodes. Really good episodes. Good um, TV. Yeah, really good TV. So I'm not I, like it's hard to know even where to start. Like I kind of want to start with really fluffy things because yeah. the, the, Tom Ellis's guyliner game in these two episodes is really good. On point. So much guyliner. <laughs> I kind of want to start there, but um, but no, okay. So let's do them in order a little bit. So mm-hmm. um weaponizer, we see there's a couple things that happen kind of for the first time. Like, so we really get to meet the this new villain who has mm-hmm. a kind of a short arc, Uriel, the brother Uriel. Um, and we also see Dan and Lucifer bond in a significant first, way. First time. I think is the first time they've actually like enjoyed each other's company um, yeah. over, the I, weapon, I, over the body bag and weaponizer body bags, movie. Yeah, franchises. Uh, franchises. And, and I love how uh, Chloe is like, yeah, can we stick to basics? Although this is oddly adorable. <laughs> and they're both like looking at each other like, Oh, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's also a moment in weaponizer where Lucifer propositions Ella mm. and she actually she, seems down with it she, for a moment she thinks about it for a second, <laughs> which like later in the series, like is like off limits. She even, mm. and maybe she protests too much, but at, at some future point, she will refer to him like a brother. But mm-hmm. in this, in this um, episode, this early part of season two, he's like, well, the bed in there, it's pretty skeezy, but I think it'll work. But I'm don't tell the detective. You are. <laughs> we need to be discreet because this, this bothers her. like it. <laughs> right. So, well, I would like to talk about Uriel. Yeah. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I find his power fascinating Mm -hmm, the pattern recognition the pattern Mm -hmm. recognition um because the first time i watched the episode i'm sitting there and there's like some random dude moving a skateboard like two inches i mean yeah it was not far at all barely barely moving it um so like she may well have tripped over it because i was watching this time i was like you really didn't move it far. You didn't move it far, but just enough so that she actually hurts herself. I mean, not hurts herself, like, but like she's going to get a bruise rather than just like, oh, this is annoying. Um, and that was enough to send everything going. And so like, I'm watching this and I'm like, who is this woman? Okay. She's yelling at, at her son. There's the dog running out. What the heck is going on? And then, oh, this is what caused the accident. And that like, I think that was just, well, for one thing, I have no idea how they choreographed it for the, uh, um, and like, I know you get multiple takes. It's not like this is actually happening, but it was just, it was well choreographed um, scene that they, mm-hmm. they, they did because it required so many different elements um, to, to get right. Uh, so that was fascinating. And then the way that Uriel is able to use patterns kind of against 
the people he considers his adversaries mm-hmm. is is fascinating. And that also makes it make complete sense why he would be the one to say, like, I'm enforcing your, your uh, bargain with dad because he can see the pattern of what's going to happen. Well, and he says it, and th- but it's interesting because the thing he doesn't want to happen is for dad to forgive mom, mm-hmm. which is really, really fascinating. It is fascinating. It's yeah. also interesting, just like in, a, in an overthinking it moment, I've spent some time looking at the names, which, mm-hmm. oh, also side note, I can't believe it took us this long to mention the fact that I share a, my second last name is the same as Chloe's. Oh, yes. <laughs> By the way, my husband's family spent some time in the LA suburbs, so maybe we're really. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, know. sorry, that's really just a footnote because I don't I have anything more to say about it. But I've been looking at names and Uriel is a name that's actually from like old literature about there is an angel called Uriel. And then it deals seems to, I cannot find any reference, like original reference. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we've said this before, the source text for our show is the comic book. Mm-hmm. It's in the comic book. I can't find it in the source text for the comic book. Um, Uriel means as far as I can tell, it's, it's from the word for light, uh, or, um, and so it's about, it's the light of God, Mm -hmm. which is sort of interesting about illuminating patterns maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and also as a foil for this like bad translation of light bringer or morning star. I don't know. I don't know exactly where I'm going with that. So, but because I was looking at Uriel's name, I also was looking for a menadiel and as I said, I don't think it's, it, it's hard to do because it's not actually, but from like amen, as in like, may it be so. And mm-hmm. it, it would have been like deal is more like DL, like mm-hmm. of God. Of like, God, so it's sort of yeah. like a, you know, kind of like a, like an amen to God, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I guess you could make anyway, sorry, this is a total tangent. Um, but well, no, it's um, interesting. And it makes sense since Amen deals the firstborn too. I mean, that that's, it does. It does um, with, make a certain amount of sense if that is in fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and even if like, this is one of the reasons why I love Neil Gaiman is that he populates his fictional universe with things that are plausible and does the, the research to make it fit so that if you do spend time overthinking things, you're like, it's still, it's, it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's roughly, it resonates anyway. It resonates yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and one of the things that I think is really interesting about, especially when we look at these two together, Uriel as a villain, like his story arc is actually pretty short where he's actually an actor, uh, an agent in, in the, in the action. And I think that there are those in the Lucy fandom who sort of call him kind of like stupid or like, like Mm -hmm. ineffective. But I actually think if we look at it from the bigger picture of the storytelling that's happening, it Mm -hmm. makes sense that we dispense with him pretty quickly so that we can then really dig into grief and mm-hmm. guilt and shame mm-hmm. and like those very human emotions that we're, we're actually interested. So, th- so that we take the story away from the action of like sword mm-hmm. fights mm-hmm. and bring it back to the very human action of like processing grief and guilt, mm-hmm. which I-, I think is really actually very interesting. And, and, for those purposes, he's actually a very effective villain. Oh, goodness. In terms yeah. of setting up our characters to really investigate mm-hmm. who they are. Well, the other thing I think is helpful to think about with Uriel is the last thing he says before he dies, other than whispering in Lucifer's ear, is I didn't see that coming. Right. And that bothered me. 
uh, because I don't particularly, that for whatever reason, that phrase does not res resonate with me. I find it kind of cheesy. And because that phrase bothers me, I notice that it pops up multiple times throughout the series. Like people mm. say it a lot. Mm. Now, in this particular instance, I, I recognized in a writing sense, it being a satisfying last words for someone who's for the guy whose power is to recognize powers at pattern yeah. recognition. But I, I think that its use here and throughout the series is one of the is kind of part of the argument of the whole series, which is the importance of free will and choice. Mm, interesting. Yes. Um, and that's why, for whatever reason, it resonates with Joe or Ildi or whoever the, the, the writing team is that that continues to use this. And then that is also where, like, I don't think Uriel is stupid at all. I think he did not in any way anticipate how Earth and ruling hell had changed his brother. I think um, just fundamentally didn't, he knew that Chloe was important mm -hmm. to Lucifer. I don't, he underestimated just how important. Yes. And I think it's in part because he does not understand humanity. Mm -hmm. Agreed. He just does not comprehend earth, humanity, any of that. So like he's, you know, your cute little detective. Exactly. Um, although I will say I would, love to know the sequence of events that would result from pressing that one piano key that would lead to Chloe dying in three days. I'm like, how? And I like, I know. <laughs> right. Because I mean, we saw him in the previous episode in the, um, no, sorry. In the same episode, he like bumped somebody who was walking, mm -hmm. made him drop his newspaper. And then that caused, um, chemo to but see, yeah, a kiss happening. So, mm -hmm. like, we've seen how like the butterfly wing, yeah, causes yeah. a war, and you know, on the other side of the world, we've we've actually yeah. seen it in this episode. The, those chore yeah. choreographed moments. I, I just kind of wish I could see the like the Rube Goldberg machine of fate <laughs> related to that. <laughs> Not that I want to see her die, but I'm just so curious. <laughs> funny. So yeah, that's that's what I find like. There is something really. I'm not even sure what like what the right literary term is to have the two of them fight in that ruined church, mm -hmm. um, which presumably was Uriel's choice of venue. Maybe that's not clear. Um, yeah. But like, th there's something really, um, there is something, I, I guess apropos is the word I'm mm -hmm. looking for to have the, mm -hmm. this angel and fallen angel and demon like, fighting over the fate of the goddess of all goddess creation, of all creation. <laughs> and yeah. one human being, um, mm -hmm. in a ruined church, you know, when mm -hmm. he throw when Lucifer throws the baptismal font through the mm -hmm. window, like, I don't know, there's something really like satisfying about that. You know, I actually, I think it's, it was, uh, Lucifer's choice because I took him throwing the font through the window as his, uh, signal to maze that he needed her help. Oh, maybe <clears throat> because it, it doesn't, Otherwise, they don't explain how she, how, how she showed up. Yeah. So she sh has showed up to save him before. Yeah. So I, I, just I, I just accepted that she was like keeping her demon the reason, tabs on him. The reason why I, I think that that was a signal is because there was no other, there was no explicit reason for him to throw it through the window. Yes, you're right. So, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Um, you know, the other thing that I, I, I love about this episode is the point where Lucifer gets angry, he gets so angry when the, they're like, you know, we don't know what dad wants. Yeah. Cause he will, the selfish bastard won't tell us. And 
like he is absolutely right. Like everyone is is doing things based on guesswork. Um, and then that gets again to like the kind of overarching theme of, of free will. Like there's a reason why God doesn't tell his children and humanity what is expected, what is wanted or anything like that. And it's because giving free will, allowing people to make their own choices is such an important aspect of creation. Yeah. Well, we come back to that again in the second episode that we're talking about mm-hmm. when the goddess as Charlotte, Charlotte Richards shows a men deal where Lucifer buried the body to encourage him to grieve. And he sort of, you know, with tears on his face says, God could have stopped this from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did, yeah, we come back to that. Yeah. That gets to one of the reasons why I like monster so much. Yeah. Even though in some ways it's a very brutal episode. It is brutal. Seeing like the um, the wedding scene at the beginning, which is like, it's so funny and weird, but also like, you know, once you find out that the bride is a makeup artist for, for Hollywood, like, oh, okay, I can see people doing mm-hmm. that. I don't know how that would work that you have everyone in zombie makeup, but okay. Like, that's kind of fun. Um, but, you know, it's supposed to be her wedding day and, you know, boom. And then you meet Freddie Loomis, who is just seems like a mensch, you know, he just seems like a sweet guy who wants to cook for people. Um, and like the, the way that he greets uh, Detective Decker is like, you know, you look like a Hagelschlag kind of girl. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like, what a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And boom, mm-hmm. he's gone like that. That's it's hard to see. Mm-hmm. But um, the theme with that one of the the shooter who he really wants to punish himself. And so he's doing horrific things um is comprehensible if if not understandable if you know what i mean mm-hmm. they say, they talk about that explicitly when dan mm-hmm. is feeling sympathy and chloe's mm-hmm. like yeah well i know you wouldn't start revenge shooting innocent people you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i there's something so real about the way even the goddess even says it that different people grieve differently mm-hmm. and the way that lucifer is just acting out and like, just like throwing himself into debauchery, but Mm -hmm. it can't last. And then he has that moment while he's playing the piano and he just like has a breakdown and sends everybody out. And yeah, the song um, he's playing is unforgiven by Metallica. Oh, is it Mm -hmm. nice? Nice. I remember going like, I know that melody. What is that song? And I looked it up. So, and I was like, Oh, good, good choice. Um, so yeah, yeah. There's, there's only so much of like distraction you can, you can do. Um, and the same way with, uh, with the shooter, like he was displacing his grief, but it, it's not going anywhere. Like the only way, way to handle it is to deal with it. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons why I so appreciate this episode is because of the final scene, uh, when Lucifer shows Linda his face. Um, and it's because I, this was um, the first time I really felt like I, I saw how well um, the show is with dealing with uh, mental health because there's the, you know, there's just the text, which is like the devil shows his therapist, his, his devil face. But then there's the subtext of like the fear that if you let people see who you really are, that they will not like you anymore. Um, that is kind of terrifyingly made evident in this. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, and they let, they, they lay it out when the scene before Chloe says, every time you say you're evil or the devil or you're bad, like, I know that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you have no idea who I am or what I've mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And then the very next scene, he shows Linda who he mm-hmm. really is. And she cannot handle she it. She can't comprehend it. She yeah. cannot. I mean, she is catatonic as a result. Mm-hmm. And I think you, when, well, before we started actually recording Lightbringers, we were talking mm-hmm. about the show and you said that about how that is a metaphor for the, the fear of showing who you really are to a therapist or a, a confidant or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and the fear of being rejected for it. And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> so, well, and that it reminds me of, um, so I can remember right after Robin Williams passed away, um, there were comedians talking about the fact that when a, a comedian isn't funny in front of you, that means they trust you because they can let you behind the, the like. The thing they get praised for, sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and how this particular comedian who was writing about it was saying like, and oftentimes people will say like, Where, where's the funny guy? And so you put the mask back up again. We now know with Robin Williams, there were, there was some medication that he was on that, that affected things. And there's no way of knowing exactly what was going on, but, you know, knowing like he did have demons and someone who was able to bring such unadulterated joy to so many people, it like was fighting with demons. It, it's, um, was important for me to, 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 to understand that, that like what people present is not necessarily who they are. And, you know, it, it's important to like, try to uh, let people be who they are. And so like, and even though Lucifer always tells the truth, he's always saying like, I'm, I'm the devil. I have like this, that's exactly what I am. He also knows nobody's going to believe him. So he can just, you know, it's, he, he's still wearing a mask mm-hmm. um, almost literally. And the fact that in the same episode, we have a similar situation where Maze shows Trixie her real face mm-hmm. and Trixie's response was like, there, there's that pause where you're like, oh dear. And you can see Maze being like, she's got the same look on her face that Lucifer had. Like, how's this going to go? Mm-hmm. Waiting for Trixie to drop. Yeah. And Trixie goes, cool. <laughs> it was like the most heartwarming, wonderful. And like, it is also still like, there's still a mask there because it's Halloween. There's like, you know, she's a child. She can't possibly recognize that that's impossible for her to have done that in the two seconds that she had her, her eyes closed. Right. But it's, it's still just really, really heartwarming to mm-hmm. see like there is acceptance. It was, I think it was also an important foil to what then happened with Lucifer and Linda, like to know that the, the, the possibility is there for acceptance. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Another overthinking it moment. Speaking of Trixie is in, in weaponizer when Trixie's like, read me this story. And Chloe's like, no, this is your bedtime story. And, and she's like, no, read it now. <laughs> and, and so Chloe's like, what's going on? And she tells her like, yeah. I'm sorry. As the parent of an only child who's about the same age as Trixie, like that ain't how it works. <laughs> Like when your kid is acting out and you're like, what's going on? They're not like, well, here's what I'm worried about mama. Like, it's just not how it happens. 
I mean, I know we needed to like keep it. We, we, we needed but... to fit into a 45 minute show. <laughs> also, even with the, even with the explanation that we got, like Trixie's scared for her mother's safety because her mom is a cop and grandma says it's dangerous. And she was just in that car accident. Mm-hmm. Trixie watched her mom get like stalked by Malcolm mm-hmm. in that warehouse like, like just a few months ago and and it's the car accident she's like freaking out about I, okay all right I'll just I'll just go with it but maybe maybe she's just now processing what happened with Malcolm I maybe. mean that, that, that actually seems some more likely <laughs> yeah although did you notice that the book is uh Coraline, Coraline? I mm-hmm. did yes yeah. shout out to Neil Gaiman yep 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 the way that Trixie is written is like realistic ish Right. Is the whole like I wanted to be a princess last year when I was seven. I'm eight. I'm a grown up now. <laughs> like there, there's something to that. Um, my my eight-year-old who's always wanted to be like his favorite ninja turtle characters and, and licensed characters this year. It's like I want to be something spooky this year. And so he went as death with with a with a, a, a scythe. Yeah. And like he was just like, I'm gonna scare so many people. I'm like, you're three and a half feet tall. <laughs> You're going to be adorable. I'm imagining a comic book written by Neil Gaiman about a, like a little death, <laughs> like not his death from the Sandman, yeah. series, like a new one, like with like, with like a little death who like constantly like has like a Napoleon complex. Like, Stop laughing. I'm here to take your soul. <laughs> so, and to be clear, my youngest is not three and a half feet tall. I think he's four foot two, which is slightly better. But uh, yeah, so so that's um, like there, there's there's aspects that I think are, are really good in in how they they handle Trixie the way that they handled Trixie with uh, Maze. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's not how. Yeah, it yeah. She's not as fully formed a character as mm-hmm. I mean. There are definitely moments where Trixie is a plot device, and there yes. are moments when she is you know what, especially vis-a-vis Maze. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually speaking of Maze. So at the end of Weaponizer. He's killed Uriel. He shows up at the penthouse, like just devastated. And we find out later he must have gone and buried the angel body. Mm. I guess Maze helped him. Like, where's Maze? Yeah. Like she just, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they found the spot together and she did the actual work while he went home. Yeah, maybe. I mean, for the purposes of the show, like needed to be a moment between the goddess and mm, Lucifer mother and, son. Yeah. and like maze would have been a third wheel. And so I understand why she wasn't there kind of storytelling mm-hmm. wise, but as just like following the events of, of mm-hmm. the day, I think that she would have been there, mm-hmm. especially like as devastated as he was, like, she knew him really well. I don't think she would have left him alone. Yeah. She was, like a wreck. Gutted. Yeah. Although I think like, I could see the burying Uriel being too much for him. Yeah. And her saying, I'll take care of this. You go back home. Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy that. So like, you know, if he was like, I got to do this and Jed, like they get started and she's like, no, you can't do this. Go, go home. Yeah. So, I'll buy that. You know, one thing that I noticed, and it's partially because I, I rewatched our first episode where I, I talked about uh, the chest hair. Yeah, I noticed um, too. So I'm thinking like, he just isn't manscaping because he's, he's grieving. <laughs> Maybe. Like, I think that might be what's going on because it's definitely missing. Yeah, it's definitely missing in other episodes. Definitely is. Definitely. So, like, you know, he he looks like a homeless magician. 
Um, I also, I love the way that um, Chloe describes him as like, you know, um, cause she's like, something's up with him. And Dan's like, something's up with him always. He's like, he's weird. And she's like, no, no, no. He doesn't have his usual glee for life. I'm like, yeah, that's a good way of describing how he usually is. Him acting out, I find very compelling to watch, even though like it would be infuriating to, 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 to deal with. It would be very difficult to watch someone you care about behave that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, particularly if they're not telling you why. And so mm-hmm. you don't have any, any sense of how to yeah. process this. Like, yeah. are you just being a jerk? Are you like, you're clearly going through something. Is it something that there's something can be done about, or is it just, yeah. Right. Yeah. I do really appreciate because she ends up being an antagonist, but the goddess in these two episodes you do see the caring parent in there, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that she, well, she offers, she offers to go back to hell. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a good thing that Lucifer didn't take her up on it because Uriel was planning on destroying her. Mm -hmm. She comforts Lucifer, even though she's horrified. Um, And she, then she leaves him alone because that's what he needs. He needs to be left alone. She recognizes that like, he's going to grieve in this, this, acting out way and there's nothing I can do. Uh, Amenadiel is going to take, take on all the responsibility because he's the oldest child and that's what they do. And um, he needs to let go and be sad and grieve. And so I'm going to take him to, to Uriel's resting place so he can do that. Um, and all of that, it's just, it's very, very good parenting. I think she fulfills the pattern that Uriel named for her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he said, I know she's going to go up and he's going to take her, you know, he's going to forgive her. I mean, sh- you did what she'd mm-hmm. been here three minutes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's, yeah. And um, I think we had, to, we had to have her kind of have some sympathy, like knowing mm-hmm. what's coming mm-hmm. or else we wouldn't have tolerated her for as, yeah. like, as long yeah. as we do yeah. if she had been like, just scheming yeah. all the time. Yeah. And, um, and then there's, there's also like, there's some, um, relatability in the, I think it's in the weaponizer episode where she's on the phone as she's coming into her office. And she's like, yes, I understand children need to wear pants to school every day, every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then when Maze comes in, she's like the number of daily tasks that I need to complete is just impossible. And I'm like, oh, I feel yeah. better knowing the goddess feels that way too. <laughs> right? <laughs> Preach. <laughs> Although, yeah. and this is one of my fluffy things, the way that she looks in those long, like flowy pants. Oh my God. God. I don't know if I want to be her or date her because it's I one know. of the two. Well, it's part of it is just like, I'm just never going to show my legs again. Cause they're like short, so short and stubby. And she has legs that just go to the sky. Everything it's just like long just like and drapey long, and flowy. I, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And then you she know. wears them again or wears another pair with the uh, when every just, outfit, the white with the blue oh, over, and yeah, she's, oh my goodness. She's a little bit superhuman, that Trisha Helfer. She really is. Um, yeah, I have I have a I have a little little lady crush on Trisha oh, Helfer. Yeah. 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 The other, the other little thing that I wanted to uh, mention is um, in Monster because that originally aired on Halloween in 2016, I think. I think it was Halloween 2016. Um, I have it up on my screen right now. It was indeed October 31st, 2016. Oh, yes. nice. 
So that was, you know, like about a week before I lost all hope in all things. <laughs> Less Lovely than a week. time. Less than a week. It was about three Less days. than a week. <clears throat> um, so it was on Halloween. So it was all Halloween themed. And one of the things they did was they used a lot of names that are Easter eggs from uh, horror movies. So um, Edgar for Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. Could not figure out Peggy Russo. His, uh, his bride. The Peggy's ex-boyfriend was named Jason Myers, which is a mm. mashup of Jason and Mike Myers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The food truck owner, Freddie. His last name is Loomis, which is a common last name. Like it just is a kind of a trope last name in, in horror movies. And then the husband and wife doctor team, Jack and Sally from oh, Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Like the corpse bride. Oh no, Nightmare <laughs> yeah. Before Christmas. The other, yeah. the other Tim Burton one. Yeah, yeah. And then... Wes Williams is the oh killer. yes Wes, so like Wes Craven, they they really did a a nice job of of just kind of scattering those through. Um, so several of them I realized as they happened, but several I was I, I I'm not quite the horror aficionado to be like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah, <laughs> but it was it was it was nice. I really appreciate it when writers do that kind of stuff. Just like they're in, they're uh, um, entertaining themselves and giving us little Easter eggs. Cool. Well, I think maybe we overthunk it enough. For one we overthunk day. it enough. Think? Yeah. Do you have any? You had some fluff. Well, we did the fluff. We did. Oh, we did the fluff. We did the hair, the the chest hair, which was oh, proof yeah. that he was letting himself go. Yeah. No manscaping. Maybe and maybe I, he hadn't and showered. I, and I talked about the guyliner game. Guyliner game. That was the other fluffy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. One other. So when when uh, Lucifer's trying out his new catchphrase, "Welcome to Devil Time," <laughs> like what does that even mean? She knows what it means. I have no, I have no idea, idea what, what it, what it means. means. <laughs> <laughs> and Charisma Carpenter's uh, um, delivery, <laughs> she, I I can't help but see her as Cordelia from the mm-hmm. um, Buffy and Angel mm-hmm. series. I mean, she's Cordelia all grown up, but mm-hmm. yeah, she's yeah. I, adore I, cool. I also like the, um, at the end, the confrontation, uh, where she and, uh, what was the, the, the manager, the agent, his name was Ryan Goldberg. Goldberg. Yes. <laughs> Can we talk and about I, just that? Like, I mean, Ryan Goldberg, I think is Mishpacha. I think he's a Jew yeah. of color. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was wondering if I they, mean, it's too if, bad. He was like a bad guy, but yeah. But still represent. representation. Well, I was wondering if if it was like they came up with you know the character name and then had colorblind casting and and we're like, all right, let's go with it. Or I, I liked it. I mean, yeah, yeah. But uh, so Ryan Goldberg like hides behind her. Yeah, when Kimo shows up. He totally does. <laughs> he was so, pretty yeah. pretty nebbishy that Ryan Goldberg. Yeah, he he was a nebbish and a schnorr. A thieving one at that. A thieving schnorr. Yeah. So. All right. I'm calling it. All right. <laughs> Our theme song is Feral Angel Waltz by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Visit the show notes for the URL. I am an artificially generated voice powered by Narakeep.com. Lucifer is a Warner Brothers production that first aired on Fox and then Netflix. Tracy and Emily are not affiliated with Fox, Netflix, nor WB. If you liked this episode, subscribe to Keep Overthinking with them, and visit the show notes for other ways to connect.